I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the More Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock. Again, I'm joined as always with my good friends Elliot and Dana. So let's kick things off. Um, Borough draw 1-1 with Preston, um, as there's a massive explosion going on in the background. Um, A team, Preston, was unbeaten in eight games. Um, A very tough place to go, considering um, in September they were pretty much rock bottom when we last played them. Um, Dana, how do you think Middlesbrough played, especially in that first half? We were a mess in the first half, but um, you know that came as a result of the changes that Pulis Whip made, both in personnel and in formation. Because I, I mean, I understand why he went with the three-five-two because they'd scored I think four goals in about three games within the last month and a half. Uh, so I understand that, but the uh, yeah the personnel when you make that many changes, it's obviously you're going to have a slow start, and that's what happened. Uh, there was um, we just looked disjointed to be honest. We were lucky that we didn't uh, concede when when Flint um, when he cleared it off the line. Um, got into it a little bit more mm-hmm. after about thirty minutes, but then obviously they scored. But you know it was a I don't know it it was a mess of a performance the first half. It wasn't great at all. No, I I probably agree with you. Um, thought the the lineup was questionable, but mm. I think in perspective. You've got to think, we've got a game on Saturday, um, it's a tough period, and I think we have like eight or nine games, is it eight games or something in December? It's something ridiculous, December, just anywhere through December and March, it's absolute chaos, so you're probably going to have to rest the, the players, so I wasn't really particularly bothered too much about the, the line-up. Um, Elliot, second half, um, scored straight away with a ball over the top from Del Fry, Tavernier uh, scored, Second goal in two games. He obviously won against Brentford. Um, do you think it was a much better second half considering um, how dire it was in the, in, the, in the first half? Yeah, yeah. thought we improved. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't get to catch all of the game. But what I've seen from the highlights was you know, we took a, a battering in the first half. Um, and it was, seemed a bit more, you know, even in the second. Um, and considering like, you know, what you were just saying about um, that battering in the first half, it's it's good that we've came away with a point you know those points can send you up to, to be going to a team that were now unbeaten in eight and still come away with a point mm-hmm. um, and to get that goal straight after half time as well it shows obviously there must have been some stern words and um, I know the ball over the top was quite still fortuitous but it was a great ball and Tavton 
I thought, I thought he done very well to, to score from the position he was in still so yeah um, I was pleased with the result overall no I, I agree um, with you as well um, the change in the second half um, we put it on the, on the Twitter feed as well that Mills would probably revert to a maybe change to a 4-2-3-1 it was more of a 4-3-3 it, all, it also changed to a 4-2-3-1 Dan do you think that benefited the team a lot more than the 5-3-2 did yeah it gave us a little bit more shape um, did mention during the game that wing was coming a little bit more narrow um, which I don't know whether you know you mentioned it on the podcast a few weeks ago that he was a little bit you know out of position at, at times in one of the games uh, beforehand um, but it, it did give us more shape um, a little bit more control in the game but um <sighs> I don't know. I think it was it was always going to be difficult to kind of get back into it after that because we're not great attacking anyway. So yeah. it was always going to be uh, always going to be difficult going to Preston as well. Uh, but I think it you know it, it gave us a little bit more control in the game and um, a little bit more shape as well to our play. No, agree. I agree. Um, one player in particular, um, I thought played excellent. Um, when he came on was Max Tavernier. Um, Tavernier, it's very early doors for him now I think it's his third goal for the club in in, in the league anyway fifth, fifth is isn't it? it I think fifth, fifth? yeah, yeah. Fifth. if you can't remember last season last yeah. season yeah, yeah. Um, obviously an 18-19 year old is, is, it stu- is it a bit too early to to put your eggs in one basket with Tavernier at the moment uh, no I don't think so um, I mean I guess we've seen it last year where I, we were relying on him um, and it could become that case again I think um, the way we've got the team playing compared to last year, it wouldn't be like we were only relying on him. I think Downing's been a lot more creative, um, Besic and Housen as well. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously last year we weren't in this sort of position that we were um, when we brought Tav into the team and we went on that little run, which included the win against Sunderland and stuff, didn't it? But um, no, I, I think he's he's definitely a shoe in in my team anyway. I think he's so direct. He gives us natural width as well, which is something that we're lacking. You know, we've only got Downing, Downing and Tav as the as the out and out wingers. Um, you know, still a bit naive. I think in in his decision making, he, he could have maybe um, you know in, in previous games. I think the Brentford game there was a chance where he, you know he probably could have squared it. Uh, yep. There's still that naivety in his game, but you know for now he's the only option that we've got. So along with Downing, so you kind of have to have him in. In at the moment. Yeah, I think especially with the form that he's in, I think you can only do him good to be in the side. And if he, every time he's playing, he's learning. Um, unfortunately, it's not the same for Harry Chapman. Obviously, Harry Chapman's been injured quite a lot. He's kind of. Be, I see on the FDMC page that Chapman could potentially be off in January, which is a shame, in my opinion. I think he has so much potential and has probably he's probably better than Tavernier and in just general skill level. Um, an ability, but he's just made out of glass, and I think I think it'd be the right move, right move for him to eventually leave the club and maybe put a buyback buyback clause um, in his contract. But moving on, completely opposite side of the scale, um, George Savile, um, a player who will be a tip to well, going to be making the eight million pound bit, well, eight million pound transfer uh, come January. Didn't really have the best of performances. Um, Els, do you think? Millsbury should be looking for the receipt for George Savile or is it too early to tell at the moment? Yeah, I think it's it's too early to tell at the moment. Um, uh, Ian Smith, um, who's also been on, on the podcast as well, put a, a good tweet out last night about um, kind of when Housen came and everyone was kind of um, you know on his back for a sort of similar 
similar sort of performances. Um, you know, look at how much you know he's improved in that time now. So I think, uh, I do think obviously with his rep, what he came with from Millwall, that he you know he does have quality. Um, we just haven't seen it yet. Um, I was checking some stats on on who scored my beloved who scored. You find a lot of good details <laughs> and stats on there. Um, so against Brentford, he was he, he had uh, thirty nine touches, which was the second most in the team. So I thought he was. I mean, you know, it's, it's one stat, you know, looking at touches, but what's he doing with it? But it's, you know, it shows he was in and amongst it compared to the other centre mids that were playing that day. Um, last night, um, it was significantly down, but I think that was more of a, a team thing overall. Um, he just, but to me, he just doesn't look as composed on the ball like Betic and House and, and Clates do in wing as well, so... Yeah, I don't think he makes as much of an impact either, but I suppose that's probably because he doesn't start games. Mm-hmm. Mind you, against Brentford, uh, against Brentford, he came on and uh, and set up a chance for Lewis Wing. I think he kind of skewed it wide. Um, but I agree. I think um, yeah, I think he's not having that much uh, as much of a, of an impact. And obviously, when you have a price tag like he has, you kind of expect a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I suppose we'll see that when he when he starts to get a few more minutes a few more starts but then again will he get starts yeah i think you know during the festive period he will but long term i'm, I'm not not really sure with clayton house and message being the preferred three yeah, mm. it's a, com- a competitive position isn't it and like you say over christmas he, he might get that chance he's got a, he's got a nail it in that time hasn't he really i think that's what um tuesday was for really i think it was more of a rotation of the squad we have to rotate over the next few months but i think for me savile um he started off very bright uh, when he when he started, I remember his goal against Bolton, um, where he bent it around the keeper from about twelve yards, and I thought, you know what, we've got a bit of a player here. Um, but when you first make that transfer um, as a, as a player, you live off that adrenaline a little bit um, for that first few weeks, and having a consistent run in the team, it it does help. Um, you get to grips with like tactics, um, new role, um, new teammates. Um, it helps you with a variety of different things. It helps you settle in the area too. Um, I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do think he, like, he's a, he is a good player, and there is good elements to his game. He has a good touch, he has good tactical awareness. Um, but just he's just bang out of form um, at the moment, and I think it's very difficult, especially when you're on the bench, to try and get out of that. Um, but he's he's well, he's getting beat by Bezic, Housen, and Clayton. You can't really fault any of them, and you can't fault Lewis Wing as well because Lewis Wing's been very bright when he's came into the team. But. Um, he was a bee's knees a few weeks ago. He's having a stinker now, but it's the same with every player. Like it's Randolph might have a shit game, um, Dale Fry, Hugo, um, Wing. There might be you're a, you're a hero this week, but then the next week you might make a massive mistake and cost us the game and be the villain again. Having having everyone got fired at your house joining the Simpsons, where like they come after him um, with the because of the dome. That's the, uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit like that, but. I think um, Elliot was right though when he said about housing. I think he is kind of a housing in the sense yeah. that he will grow into it. And you know, I mentioned he, he hasn't had much of an impact. I think he scored more goals than um, scored more than housing and wait, not not Bessage, was it housing? What housing's how many how, how many goals has housing scored? I, for? I, was it? I can't even. He scored one honest. last year. Yeah, one, it was one or two last year, and then I can't think of any this season. I can't think of Tommy Ed. I'll probably yeah. get grilled after it, but I don't yeah, think... Yeah, well, I, I will as well, but... Um, yeah, I mean, he's made an impact in terms of, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's scored, but in games, he kind of drifts in and out of it, I suppose. What's his emotion you know, in, in that sense, mm. yeah. But I think he will go into it, like, house and house. Yeah, I think a lot of players go through the motions a little bit, um, especially at this standard. Um, what separates the good from the great is that the great are consistently on a level, um, and that what makes a great football. Like Gareth Bale, everyone says that he wants to be... He's world-class... 
when he shows glimpses, but he's not that consistent compared to like a Ronaldo or a Messi who would just do it week in, week out, and that's what makes players um, great. I think uh, moving back to Pre- Preston, Tav will get a lot of the 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 uh, awards, would you say, or you get a lot of the positivity from the fans. Um, so will Dale Fry, of course he's playing really well, and I'll come on to him when we go at Brentford, but do you think Tony Pulis deserves a little bit of credit for change? Obviously, he Gusted, your favourite player, it went off, um, <laughs> and we changed system. Do you think Pulis deserves a little bit of credit for that? Yeah, um, according to uh, who scored again, um, it said that we when you were talking about formations as well, it, it said we changed it twice, so you're right about the 4-2-3-1 and then the 4-3-3. Um, and obviously, he noticed, I think that was in halfway through the first half and, and he switched it. Um, and I think it's great that you know you're not just gonna stick by your guns and be like no I'm gonna stick with a three five two and see out that you know that you had the ability to change it um, and it obviously in the end got us that point um, to bring the subs on as well um, so it was it came on Tav and Braithwaite was it um, mm. you know good changes so I thought it was a good point as well considering that in in the first half we could have been two 0 down yeah possibly more you know I thought that was a really good point obviously we we have been drawing quite a few recently but. You know, we're unbeaten. You have to kind of continue a run, continue the momentum. Like Dale, uh, Dale Price said after the game, we need to keep the momentum. Um, and that's exactly what we need to do going into the festive period because that is full throttle. Mm-hmm. And we need to be, you know, maybe not at the top of our game, but we still need to be winning games or at least not losing them. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, oops, we'll probably move on to Brentford now, but if you take four points out of two games, um, it's two points a game pretty much, and if you take two points a game, you're going to be up there coming the end of the season. And they're both, both away within the space away. of three days, so... A lot yeah, of travel yeah. in mind. The travel from London back to Teesside and Teesside to, to Preston is obviously going to take its toll a little bit, and they'll probably have a couple of days off before the, uh, the Aston Villa game on Saturday. But Brentford um, away... Mills will win 2-1, um, goal from Max Tavernier and Jordan Hugel, um, Bora boys, both goals were set up, well, well, the second goal was set up by the academy team, and Bora boys scored, I think it was the last, I think it was Bora form I checked, I think it was 2012, like the last time that happened, um, I think it was Adam Reach, but Adam Reach is a Geordie, so I, I don't know whether it's, it was the same, yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably tweet them. I'll probably tweet them back. But um two one, great performance. We always tend to beat Brentford. Um Dana, do you think it was a a very good performance on Saturday? Because I was I was quite impressed in the second half. Yeah, the second half, the, the first half was quite you know, poor quality, I think, from both sides. Nothing really I don't know, notable particularly happened and you know, there wasn't really much to split the two sides. But yeah, the, I mean the second half you know, our, our record's are really good at, at Griffin Park and against Brentford generally. So, yeah, really, really good performance. Um, really good three points. And one important um, moment in that game was Randolph's save. Randolph, yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Best kick in the league by far. Mm. It, the tweet went, the twi- uh, tweet went absolutely sizzler when we, when we took that out. But I'm <laughs> um, surprised didn't like it. I was really upset that Aaron Randolph didn't like it. But anyway, um, <laughs> Els, Dale Fry. He's been spoken about by everyone at the moment. He's been linked with the likes of Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. Very, very early at tell so far. But have you been impressed with Dale Fry at Brentford? And how did you think the game uh, at Brentford was? Do you think we played well? Yeah, did so in, in terms of Fry, um, I think he's done exceptionally well, especially you know being put out at right back when... Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if, if he doesn't mind that anyway, but you know his natural position is a centre-back, so... You know, to be filling in there as well and, and doing really well. Two assists, 
You know, what I mean, you don't expect to see assists from Dale Fry, but the cross in that Brentford game was class. It was mm. um, when I seen it going, I was thinking, was that Townsend? And then I realised it was Dale Fry. So no, it was great. Um, you know, he was great at the back as well. He's composed, um, so he's a great player. But like you say, um, I hope it doesn't turn into one of those where the, he has to leave us. Um, another borough lad leaving us. So and the game overall. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with with Dan. I thought uh, first half it was a bit even, a bit scrappy. Um, second half we played a lot better. Besic in particular, uh, I was really happy with Downing. Uh, Besic's little ball in actually, I think was for the the first goal. And I think Tav sort of chested it, and it sort of bounced around. And then Hugel was there with his natural poaching ability. <laughs> I know. Before and, uh, yeah, no, but I was say, well, I mean, we'll get on to, to Hugel, but um, you know, that's what he's been starting to show recently. Mm-hmm. That that. Yeah. Um, before I come on to Hugo there's just one point I kind of want to make before we move on and it's a point that I made like a few weeks ago um, on the podcast and it was pretty much by myself I think it was more or less of um, people are obsessed with possession style football um, everyone's, everyone's obsessed because they see the likes of Manchester City um, and Tottenham play that style um, and play it to great effect as well um, they ha- I think Pep Guardiola spent over a billion pounds to actually make that squad um, but as my point is um, possession doesn't mean everything and I quite like reiterating that because it's starting to come alight a little bit uh, Millsborough is so good at being in charge of a football match without without having the ball and it's so difficult to do um, especially when you're trying to coach teams to, to be tactically aware and to sit back um, and just plan the game and play a team side to side and I think the performance against Brentford was absolutely spot on um, tactically, defensively Yes, we gave away a, a daft goal towards the end, but I was actually yeah. really impressed with just the style that we we played. Um, but don't get me wrong; like it, it, sometimes not having the balls like horrible for a fan, and like, you expect you expect to be uh, entertained. Um, but sometimes when you're a bit more of like a football fanatic, you you pick up little things um, and you understand the game a little bit more. I think some fans kind of need to see that light um, when they watch games um, but some don't and some think the football managers and some think everyone will do a better than Tony Pulis but um, moving on to Jordan Hugo scored um, against Brentford I think it was 3-2 and two games when he, he netted it and he's 3-3 three and three. now 6 million to sign January that's what's been reported uh, just came out on Twitter today not really a yes or no answer but Dana would you sign Jordan Hugo for 6 million pounds I don't see why not. I mean, he's he's getting fitter, he's improving, he's um, you know the momentum's very much with him now. Um, it could be pivotal from here on in, um, and I think we we kind of do need you know another striker. If well, obviously Rudy's out, Brits, I don't think Pulis necessarily fancies Brit at this moment, so I I wouldn't be against signing Hugo. But I mean, because there's there's not a lot of of strikers out there that are available that we could get mm-hmm. and Hugo is you know he's, he's comfortable here this is his club this is his hometown yeah I mean I'd, I'd be I'd be quite happy with, with Hugo signing permanently six million pound Ellie yeah you, six million is yeah. quite decent I think happy we, bearing in mind we botched Fletcher for seven um, I forgot Patrick he existed Bam- I'm not going to lie I forgot Fletcher was even here <laughs> bought from West Ham as well um, Patrick Bamford was bought for seven million pound um, as well, even though we sold him on now, we actually bought Mac Paduga for four point five million back in the day, and yeah. that's a bank on free. But six million pound for John Hugel, uh, Championship striker. Is it a, a good decision to make? Um, is it a good decision 
if we make it permanent because if we go up this year is he going to play next season um, long term yeah it's a tough one it's, it's wait and see isn't it because obviously um, the past three three four matches or so um, he's played how we wanted him to play do you know what I mean before that we were we giving him a bit of stick for him falling over all the time not holding up the ball doing what you know the type of striker he is he wasn't doing that role mm-hmm. um, he started to now so if he continues in that vein then you know six million um, is a decent price for him considering you know some of the other prices you just said there um, it's an inflated market nowadays so I think six million's alright um, yeah like you say if we go up it could be a bit different because then it's you know he wasn't getting games in the Prem at West Ham so it's a fine balance isn't it in the championship because you've got it's that big step up and you need the players the top end players in the championship to get you up and then a lot of them aren't really good enough when you get there but mm. um, yeah so yeah, there's a lot of strikers in the championships bring to mind where you know they tear it up in the championship and they get to the Premier League and they can't do it so yeah, he didn't really get a sniff at West Ham has he he's, he's, yeah. has, he hasn't really he didn't really feature at all mm. um, kind of a bit of a waste of money on West Brom on West Brom West Ham's part Um I think it, it, it is a good signing. Um, I don't think Boris should be pressured into making the six million pound deal. You know, he's here for a year. Yeah. Um, we can probably decide in the summer um, if we want to keep him or not. I yeah. can't really see many people saying, "Oh well, we'll put six million pound bid in." And John Hugh will turn around and say, "All right, see you later, Boris. Uh, thanks for three months. See you later. Adios." Um, but probably won't say adios to be fair. He's probably say, "See you later, mate." I think. If we were to bring a striker in, um, and a new striker anyway, it would have to be because Britta Sambalonga or Fletcher August Stead, um, one of them or two of them are leaving. That's the only reason I would say bringing a striker. Well, if we do it now, it's like buying a car without any wheels. You know what I mean? Um, we just don't have the width. We don't have the creativity. Yes, we've got Tab. We have Downing, but end of the day, we need someone for like now, like someone fast or someone who's technically bringing someone who can turn a game on its head a little bit like Gaston Ramirez was um, when he came to come and he revolutionised he, he gave us a kick up the backside that we needed to get us up that year um, so I think that's what we kind of need um, but yeah no I think that, I think we probably will get a striker as well as an attacking midfielder or two slash winger um, whatever I think we will get a striker as well because I think I think out of Fletcher Braithwaite and Britt that they, they could all potentially leave um so you know you're gonna need you're gonna need a replacement there, aren't you? So and then you'd still have three. You'd still have Big Rudy. Yeah. Um. You'd have Hugo and uh, you know. Would you be sad to see Rudy go? Uh, I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, uh, nah. I would. I couldn't really care less to be honest. He's um. Yeah. He's well, was he now? Is he? Does he went thirty now? Was he? I think he's thirty. Yeah. He's he's probably just gonna see how his career here, like Demi and Ian working open up a, a, re- a Benin restaurant in, in the town right. so that's, 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 that's what the town needs yeah so <laughs> um, I don't know we're Rudy it's um, I wouldn't mind him here but it, it's uh, he's not going to be first choice is he so. it's interesting though do you think obviously Rudy's played in the Premier League before but Brit, Britain and Hugo do you think the Premier League quality do you think they're good enough for the Premier League because I've been thinking about it for a while in terms of Brit and I'm I'm not convinced I probably agree. I don't think they're they're at a certain level that'll keep you up um, in the Premier League. It's of course we don't really know that. Um, not really an expert in terms of their you know styles and if they're going to score um, twenty goals in, in the Premier League. Um, but it all goes down to service. 
do we have the, the quality players in midfield? Do we have the quality players in defence uh, either as well um, to give those strikers a chance? Um, I think Sam Belonga was on fire under Gary Monk because we were playing like a bit more like just a, we had to attack because we were getting beat um, and that's why he scored most of his goals. I mean, he is a poacher, um, so it could come good win, but it all comes down to style and it does come down. It comes down to Tony Pulis's. Um, philosophy and whether he wants him at the club, but in terms of like Premier League level, we'd have to wait and see. But I can see Brett Sumberlunger leaving um, in January. I can also see Ashley Fletcher leaving. Pointless having him on the books. He's earned about thirty grand a week. Six yeah. million he's playing for under twenty threes. It's getting him off the books. Um, but also there's Rudy Gustad. I don't think he's good enough either. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Rudy's been unfortunate with injuries um, over like the last year since Pierce's came. He is effective. Like, don't get me wrong, Elliot, I probably agree with you. He is effective at what he does, but he's been injured that many times. It's so difficult to get to get back to the level that you were. Um, but then again, it's John Hugel. Um, again, not really much Premier League experience. And I think if we were to go up, I think you have to look at a more of an established centre forward who will try and score your goals. Um, They're we, quite it, hard to come by as well. If we get up, yeah, and that's exactly it. But I think, you've got, again, you've got to build from the back. Is, is your defence good enough? Well, yes. Move on midfield. Okay, is it sold enough? It's all right. It did. It did well in the Premier League for a while, but we had to become so defensive because we, we didn't have that final tick in the box and it was attacking threat. Um, but my opinion, I was happy. Just, the whole I want them to prove me wrong, but I just don't think they're, they're good enough to to hit that level yet. Not to hit the next level. But would you agree, Els, or would you bring someone else in, or would you, why would you? How would you do it in terms of if we go if we're up tomorrow? Who would you try and bring in? Um, I can't really think of a name off the top of my head. Um, I think Tony Pulis would try and go for, not particularly this player, but someone like him because um, he's had him in the past, but like a John Walters type player. Um, now, if Jordan Hugel um, is of that quality or not, because you know, when you think about John Walters, it doesn't sound like, it's a bit like Glenn Murray now in a sense, it doesn't sound exciting. Does it? It's yeah. it's almost is it, you know there is no Enio on the end, um, but you know he, he made John Walters effective just like how how Chris Hewton is with Glenn Murray now. So um, you don't know. You need. I think he probably end up going for someone like that that we could make effective. Um, I don't know who would be available um, at a decent age um, now to bring in really. But well, where Burnley are going, some books probably, but. Again, like he's probably in that same bracket though. Like mm. he's not amazing at all. He's just yeah. effective. I don't think we'd get anyone uh, amazing as a striker if we went up, especially not in the first year. Um, I mean, if you look at you get Negredo when we went up last time. Um, but again, that comes down to what, what you were saying before. He he was starved of service, especially when Ramirez fires dummy out. So uh, yeah, I think Sam Vokes is a good shout to be honest. I think you know, I think we will end up with you know him and then you know whoever's maybe still left at the club. I think we have to revolutionise that that three behind the, the striker. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, the creativity. That's the main issue. It's always been our Achilles Achilles heel, like creating chances. Because we've had decent strikers over the years in terms of you know like Negredo. Uh, thought he was really unlucky in the Premier League because he didn't have that surface. He was starved of it. Mm. So that's what we need to improve on. Those like attacking players, the wingers, the midfielders that need to chip in with, you know assists because I mean as, as solid as we can be in midfield we've never really been creative enough 
and that's been our problem for m many years since probably the playoff season I'd, I'd say under Karanka yeah I've, since since I've always watched Borough one of the only teams that I watch and um, we never we can never like counter attack we never like hit on the break like other teams do mm. it's always like a it, it all of our goals come from like set pieces, build up play, but I've never seen us score like a classic counter attacking goal where we've been under the cosh and then we've done it in five passes or three passes or something up the field and someone sprinting in the length of the field or something. It's like it very rarely happens. Yeah, from the I board. think at the moment with the, with the players that we've got, you know, the Downing and, and Tav as well, even they kind of slow it down a little bit. They they take the safe yeah. option. They don't really drive on. Obviously, he did it against Preston Tav and it and it paid dividends because he scored. But I mentioned it in one of the podcasts that when Tav broke through under Gary Monk, it seemed to be safety first. He would kind of slow the ball, slow the game down, and then look for an option from there. He didn't really bomb on and, and take yeah. his man on, and I think that's that's an issue that, that we've had. Yeah. I think it's like more managerial. I think it's got your time. You got a manager has to tell them to express themselves probably on the pitch. Um, don't get me wrong, you have to have tactics, and you have well, you, well, you kind of do. You have to have some sort of tactics behind the opposition but it also you have to tell your players and give them confidence to, to try one and, and score um, there's a play, there was a manager that came to mind there was a club that came to mind when you were saying that we haven't really got a counter-attack and goal but with Bournemouth and everyone well we probably hear Bournemouth because every time we go there we get beat 3-1 <laughs> and they give away a penalty and someone gets sent off and everyone comes everyone was on pissed off but Eddie Howe's completely changed the way Bournemouth play this season this paid absolute dividends from they went from that possession style that beautiful little football a little bit like Swansea um, a little bit like Arsenal as well and everyone's like oh I love how Bournemouth play and um, on that tight pitch but now they just, they just sit deep like people this teams do and they have the pace just to tear teams apart and Callum Wilson's like scoring goals for fun and he got in the England squad and scored again yeah. um, so maybe it's just a, like you said getting the getting Faster, I will quote it like faster players in and have a bit of Callum Wilson if we do have a Callum Wilson <laughs> if we go off. Um, Get but back. Speaking of pace, um, Aston Villa um, on on Saturday. This actually does have a point. I'm just saying, I'm not saying Aston Villa quick, but they have the likes of Jonathan Codger, they have the likes of um, Albert Adorman, they have um, Yannick Balassi, um, Tammy Abraham. Very, very quick forward line. Um, something that probably bore a need a little bit. Um, Dean Smith's now in charge of them with John Terry being the assistant manager. Um, they drew five five yesterday. Um, is, it, is a sign to be optimistic on Saturday, Dana? I think there's yeah there's there's weaknesses. Aston Villa are quite poor defensively. Obviously, you know conceding five is, is pretty bad, and some of the goals that they conceded as well were awful. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that worries me though, even with our defensive uh, stability, is just there. Their front line, you know, the Grealish, Grealish, Codger, Tammy Abraham, um, Adorma, whoever, uh, Yannick Balassi. Yeah. You know, the pace on the wings, that a lot of their kind of play comes through the wings and Grealish in, in the middle. So, I mean, the, the defence has to be on their, their A game. And, and that's what worries me because Friend against Brentford, the first kind of, I don't know, opening. 15, 20 minutes, he gave the ball away quite a lot, and he, he you know, we almost conceded off it. If um, I think Neil, uh, Neil Mopé, if he, uh, if he fed in Sergi Canos, we probably could have been a goal down at that point. So the defence need to be on it on yeah. Saturday because you know they have some fantastic players. It's just defensively that's where we can get at them, but it's Borough. We're not really expressive going forward, so I, I could throw up any result. That's true. As the 
as the opera music plays in the background, Elliot. Um, Dean Smithy played a 4-3-3 last night against yeah. Arkaranka. Arkaranka um, is uh, Nottingham Forest with two 0 down within five minutes. Um, do, do you think he was looking ahead to Borough a little bit um, with that four three three formation, and obviously he had to change it back in the second half? But do you think he's looking ahead a little bit there, trying to match us in midfield? Yeah, potentially. Um, if he goes four three three, and and we do as well, which I think we will, um, considering how we started that first half on Tuesday night, um, then you know we're matched all over the pitch, and it'll be the battle in midfield, which. With Mili Yedinak in there, we seen we seen last year it was it was atrocious. Yedinak ran rings around whoever was in midfield, and he was yeah. you know pulling all the strings in those uh, playoff games. So, and I think even in the December game as well, um, we played them last December as well, didn't we? At the mm-hmm. end, so um, no, definitely. I think I think it's going to be a difficult game. A bit. I think it's going to start off a bit like how that Derby game was, um, especially over there. We're getting out wide and and. George will look like he's so out of place, um, but you know we seem to be grinding out some results when we're under the gosh. We've done it against Derby, we've done it against Preston now, um, so I'm still quietly confident because um, you know as Dana was saying that they're not they're not great at the back. Um, so yeah, bring it on! I think it should be a good game. They had like pretty much no protection in that game as well. So I'm just looking here. They had John McGinn, Conor Gurhan, and Jack Grealish in midfield, and none of them really, you know, scream hold the midfield player. Oh, no, Certainly no. not John McGinn and, and Jack Grealish. And Conor Gurhan is, is you know an assist king, isn't he? You know mm-hmm. he, he chips in with the assists more than you know he, more than his defensive abilities are, are, are highlighted. So I mean, there's a, there's a, an opportunity for Borough to get get chances and I'm sure we will get them it's just about taking them which is you know you know it's borough so it's always been a, a bit of an issue but fingers crossed we can do it because you know the, there will be chances there for us mm. no I agree you can't always keep a team out for 90 minutes I think it's pretty impossible um, I think what Pius is saying in recent weeks that if we start taking the chances that we create then we'll, we'll win games quite comfortably um, you want to say something there yeah, yeah, no. I was just—I just wanted to chip in. And just say it's—it's it's, it's worth pointing out. Obviously, um, with Villa uh, and all the goals that they're scoring, that they're unbeaten in the last four, and the goals have basically went two, three, four, five. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it was something like that. So they've got four in that derby against Birmingham on the weekend, five last night, three against QBR before that. So yeah, pretty potent going forward. So Tony Pulis got his work cut out for him on the training ground this week. So might score six and something. <laughs> we'll win seven. <laughs> um, I don't think that'll happen. But I remember the playoffs um, last season. They absolutely ran ring round us, and they thoroughly deserved to, to go through in the end. And even when the atmosphere was electric at the Riverside, just didn't turn them. And they were a very very good team to watch. Um, I quite like watching Jack Grealish, but Jack Grealish, in my opinion, is massively overrated. He's not worth fifty million pound. I don't care what anyone says. Um, yes, he, he might score a hatchet on Saturday and prove me completely wrong and come up to me and put the the sh over my face. But look, um, I think going into Aston Villa, um, four three three. I don't think they'll play that four three three formation. I think they'll go back to a four four one one. Um, I think Jack Grealish will play behind the centre forward. And the centre forward will be obviously Tammy Abraham, of course. And I think. I think they'll go with pace on the wings as well. I think they'll probably play with Alba on the left and Balassi on the right, which is completely different, which they haven't been playing in recent weeks. And they're probably going to use pace to get past our back line because we're so slow. Um, I think that's how they're going to try and create the chances and probably try and score from across. But whether that happens, I do not know. But 
match predictions um, coming up final part of the podcast um, we'll go score prediction first um, bearing in mind we have a horrendous record against Aston Villa um, at the moment I remember games years ago when we get getting beat 4-0 and like Luke and Lou Rossman scored a high and someone threw a yeah, uh, season to get yeah. <laughs> um, I remember that was a horrendous game I, was like, yeah. oh. I remember I think I left on about 65 minutes so I was can't watch this anymore. It was, uh, I think it was just when the, the fan ran in the pitch and threw that at Steve McLaren, and we were just like, we're off. Let's <laughs> <laughs> look at the time. Let's call that, uh, call that the end. But score predictions, Dana. If you were, if you could put a bet on on Saturday, you might put that on. But um, <laughs> score prediction. I don't want to start this off really negatively, but I'm going to go two one Villa. I'm just not confident for some reason. Miserable bastard. I'm so <laughs> pessimistic. No, I, I, I can honestly see them just running rings around us. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet either. All right, I, okay. I think it would be, I mean, if, if we do, it would be a, a you know, pretty decent feat, that, given the quality of players they have, yeah. even with our defensive record. Yeah, don't tweet Darren Randolph. Just putting that down. Um, <laughs> and a block, block Dana from the podcast. Um, no one says that negative. On the, um, but I do try to be. I do try to be optimistic on this podcast. And sometimes when I say we're going to get beat, everyone absolutely hammers me for it. And sometimes I've been right, and I've just been like a bit smug about it. And I'm like, no, don't put the tweet out. Don't put the tweet out. Um, but okay, two one Villa for Dana. Um, Elliot, are you going to be pessimistic or are you going to be the most optimistic guy and, and Rudy Gusted's going to come out of injury and score a dive and end in the last kick of the game and win the football match for us? Um, I'm not going to be the most optimistic guy in Teesside, but neither the pessimist. Um, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, okay. Yeah, I think with what I was saying about grinding out results, um, I think that's what we're going to do again. I think um, we're going to be under the cosh at times. Um Know, like we were saying about some of the players um, that Villa have, um, it's going to be very difficult. But you know, Tony's a d- defensive mastermind, isn't he? So it's we're going to be sound. Yeah, and uh, he's the English Mourinho. Oh, he's the Welsh Mourinho, mate. I tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and then I, I don't know how we're going to score, but we're going to score. I think <laughs> it's going to be one all. So um, love the optimism there. I love how like you, even though you said we're going to beat, you just I don't know we're going to score. Yeah, I'd take one all to be fair. I'd take that all day. Yeah, no, um, like we were saying about uh, runs earlier, um, you know, no one in the championship can kind of go on a run like City did last year in the Prem and win fifteen games straight. A good run in the championship is having an unbeaten run like Preston now. Um, getting an unbeaten run of, of eight. Yeah. You know, it's pretty good. And like you were saying, it's it's picking up two points then, isn't it, if you a win draw, win draw type thing. And yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, two points get you ninety-two points. You'd be up there. You've, it takes at least ninety points to, to go up. I think. Yeah. And um, people generally hit. So, um, I think it's going to be a tough game. I probably agree with you both. It's going to be really rigid. That, that first twenty minutes, I can see Villa having a bit of the ball and being quite aggressive and trying to. I think Dean Smith will probably say, build on the goals that you scored. At the uh, on last night, you probably say, "What? Well, don't concede five. Yeah. Um, but against our first goal it could be anyone's I think I think I'd be more comfortable if we were getting beat 1-0 and then we because I think we, we have the ability to score um, but if we do score are they going to sit back a little bit and crumble or are they just going to come out even more like they did against Nottingham Forest um, that first 20 minutes is going to be difficult I think it's going to be 0-0 for a while and I think 
don't know. I, 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 I was, I, 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 that's why I asked you first. I was a bit unsure. Um, I was. I'm gonna say one nil. Um, to Borough. To Borough. Yeah. Oh, okay. why don't you just put down that we'll get beat so it doesn't look like I'm the only I was thinking about this. <laughs> I was thinking about this, but if we do get beat, it's not the end of the world. Um, Pulis will get slayed probably. Randolph a bit cold shite. Um, people have Dale Fry's head on the fucking stick. And, <laughs> um, Pulis out. Pulis out. Uh, where's Ledbetter? Where's Dimmy? You know what I mean? That brigade will be out. But. Um, I think it's going to have to be a 1 0 win for me. Um, I think there's going to be a goal from a cross coming in about the 70th minute. Um, I think we're going to do a quick interchange of passing, get one of the counter attack because they're going to push bodies forward um, and try and play on the front foot. That's how Dean Smith plays. And if you remember when we played Brentford a couple, last year, um, Gary Monk was in charge and it was Ryan Shotton's first game. We got absolutely annihilated. Wish he could be back on Saturday, by the way. Um, it's just. They're going, to be, they're going to try and play on the front foot, so I think we're going to have to sit back a little bit. I don't think we'll play 5-3-2. I think the 3-5-2 or the 5-3-2, I think that's done now. And the, I think Ian Smith probably said that in a question. Yeah. Like, and then that, I haven't answered it, but I don't think we'll... I think that's the end of it now. Um, but we'll play 4-3-3. I think we'll score from across. Um, and I also think that it'd be Jordan Hugo will score it. Oh, it's going to come out, and Housen's going to knock it in on Bezic. Get that on her... Uh Get down, yeah. Yeah, get down a quick one. Get down a quick one. Do you think, um, obviously, with with us scoring first, when you were saying, you know, with the first goal, I think um, mm-hmm. if we we score first, um, it's ours in the bag. That um, we've talked about it a couple yeah. of times on here about you know when we took the lead, we haven't lost, and the little stat came up again um, on Sky uh, during the Brentford game. I think when we went one nil up, um, and it was something like. Uh, 68 games or 69 games now and 64 of them we won and 5 we drew and that is just incredible so if we take the lead you know you're going to bank on Borough to keep hold of that or at least draw we're not going to we're not going to get beat from, from a winning position yeah. so. it, it's a great stat it is, it's a fantastic stat to have and having like 69 games or whatever it was um, when you score first and winning games is, is phenomenal any standard of football I think everyone every team would love that I think Man City would be hitting those levels too um, but those records are meant to be broken. Yeah. They really are. Um, yeah. And Aston Villa be looking at things and saying, "Oh well, that's extra motivation for me now to, to really kick on and try and, and win the football match." Adorma will be listening to this podcast. Adorma huh? will, will be listening to this podcast, and they want a bit of breaking that record. Know, well, Albert, you know, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Albert had an absolute blind. If he played on on a Saturday, it wouldn't surprise me if he had an absolute blinder. Yeah. It wouldn't be. He's got the point to prove. Like we could have signed him, and he's like, oh, we turned the back on him, and there was a massive bang. I have no idea what that was, but um, we shouldn't really be recording the podcast next to a cinema. So, um, <laughs> but it's a game. It's a tough game. It's a really tough game. Do you think? Do you think uh, Albert will start? I don't think he started last night. I don't think so. Well, eh, he's he's been in out the squad. There's the opp- there's there's an opportunity there for him. Yeah. Um, to to start on on Saturday, and I think if he does, and they both play with wingers with uh, Balassi and and uh, Adolma, I think it's gonna be a really tough game. It's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be a tough game regardless. Every t- every game in the championship is tough, but um, I feel like I'm blagging a little bit. As there's a massive bang going on in the background, um, Dana, yeah. starting eleven, please. Before go on, I think you're looking at a stat real quick, but I'll let I you, I'll let you say the stat. No, I was just seeing whether uh, Adorma, he played in the in the derby against Birmingham. 
Um, and then he played before the international break against Derby. He just didn't play last night. So I think I think he will start. He should start. Mate, just being that switching around yeah. like what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Start against Bala- yeah. um, he'll probably st- maybe start with Balassi. But Dana, you're starting yeah. 11. Um, Randolph, obviously. Uh, back four, not a back three. Uh, Fry, Flint, Danny Bart and uh, George Friend. And then midfield three of Clayton, Besic and Housen. Yeah. Um, and then Tav and Downing on the wing, and then Hugo up front. Yeah, and Hugo up top. Uh, Elliot? Um, it's quite boring, actually, because mine's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're the same team as, as Dana. Uh, I, I think um, bringing in the players that we I think we missed um, on Tuesday. Um, I'd really like to have in there over Braithwaite just because of you know the form he's in. Um, yeah, Danny Ayala back out. Bart has been been much more better um, than Ayala. Um, so yeah, I'm sticking with that team. Right. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking about this now because I was I was when when you said that team I was like, yeah, you know what? I probably agree with you a little bit, but part of me just thinks that we might actually play uh, a five at the back, even though I've just. Literally said about a minute ago, it could be dead. Um, the reason being is that I think if Shotton was to come back in, um, I think he'll probably come over as Fry, and I think it'd be really upset. If, if not, I wouldn't be upset, but I think Fry deserves to probably start. Um, but if we were to go a five-three-two, um, it would make sense because they play three up front at times. Yeah. And if we have five, we contain the front front three. And then we can get them on the counter attack by all the power in the midfield. That's the reason I'm trying to think of it that way. Yeah. Um, but if I was to do a three-five-two, I think it'd be Randolph and Goff. It'd be Ayala, um, Flint, and Danny Bart. Friend on the left, Danny uh, Delfry on the right. Um, the three in midfield would be Clayton, Housen, and Bezic. Uh, two up top would be I think it'd be Downing. I think it would be um, John Hugo. I think Tavernier miss out. Mm. That's what I think would happen if we were to play that system, but I probably agree. He's on the four three three. You know? Yeah, I think just that playing that three or five at the back. Um, I think I think friend would get absolutely he'd get done in yeah. um, by playing right mid. Um, so that, that that's the reason I don't think we'll go with it. But it, it is a possibility, like you were saying, for the for the you know containing the forwards and hitting them on the counter attack. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Tony does. Right, okay, let's round this up. Um, Dana, thank you very much for having us on. Elliot, thank you very much again. Um, Rudy Gasteg gets injured. Elliot starts to cry. Tavernier equalises the Borough. Thank you for listening to the Borough Breakdown podcast. There's a poll coming out uh, after this podcast with the match predictions, but thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravinelli 